Well, well you I said just... you were reading. Go for it. No, you go for it. No, go for it. I was a little premature anyway. I, I just wanted to make sure that you knew. I had a sneaking suspicion that perhaps you forgot. Or maybe you never knew. It's really awkward that I've got to tell you like this live on the air. On national TV. Yeah, I I hate to I hate to do this to you, but I think you've forgotten that you can't be pro insurrection and pro cop. I think you may have forgotten that. Why not? Uh, be, you can't you can't be <laughs> why are those things too incongruous? <laughs> You can't do it. You can't do it. Well, uh, that's that's a new one on me. I'm gonna have to sit with that for a while. Is there someone that's pro insurrection, but anti cop? I guess is that I'd like say, a, I'd say there's plenty anti cop guys in that crowd. Uh huh. And then it's like, it's, is there anyone who's okay? So I guess anti insurrection and pro cop would just be liberals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're out to brunch. And then anti-insurrection. It sucks so bad that the word insurrection, a word that I have admired for years. It's a beautiful, it rolls off the tongue. It feels good to say. It does. It's got double R's. If this was any other language, you would... Insurrection. 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 <laughs> it sucks yeah, bad. It, feel- it sucks really bad that, like... My only place in that schematic is anti-insurrection, anti-cop. It's just, it's just like the worst assholes had to do an insurrection. We're gonna take the word back. Mm-hmm. Let's take it back. It might take a while. We'll take it back. Let's take it back. We, we might even start putting that French and Spanish inflection on it when we say. Uh huh. Do you think? But, yeah. Someone was sitting in their living room and saw Joe Biden say that, and they like s- bolted upright and they're like, "By God, he's right." Well, well that's he's talking about me. I, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm pro insurrection and pro. What did he say? Wait, you can't be pro cop and pro insurrection. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. A lot of pros. He's throwing out. I would venture to say that almost everybody that participated that day is would would. Would beg to differ. Would beg to differ? Nah. We beg to differ, Mr. President. Uh, he had, like, you can't be pro-insurrection and pro-democracy. You can't be pro-insurrection and pro-American. Just three things I fucking hate. Cops, democracy, and America. <laughs> <laughs> just awful place. Awful, awful place. Dude, it's weird out there. It, I just got back from Food City. The The scene at Food City Whitesburg is definitely strange. Um, Outside, they had like two tables set up. One was pro-cop and the other was pro-insurrection. <laughs> <laughs> They're just giving each other the stink eye. <laughs> uh-huh. It's uh, All the tables. One, one table was like a local youth group, a local church group. It was like Rock Hill Community Church or some shit I'd never even heard of. And they were oh, like, that's that. they were like fucking trying to box me out just walking in. And the, the guy was wearing like camo cargo shorts. That is a, I mean, people, people talk shit about cargo shorts. But th- but a whole other realm of attire is camo cargo shorts. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know what is, what kind of shirt did he have on. I have to. I need more to go on here. Um. So yes. Before I make a judgment based on his fit. <laughs> he was wearing like a youth group T-shirt, like it said the Rock name. Hill, whatever. Yeah, and it had like a. A cross on it. Uh, like, I, I wore a lot of those shirts in high school just because they were mostly free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were mostly free from church, so. Dude, I saw... It's funny how... You know, everybody does this thing 
<clears throat> where it's like I'm doing this for Christ. I'm like, um, pol- you know, I'm. Uh, uh, well, the obvious low hanging fruit is we're all warriors for Christ. That's right. the first thing. Right. But then everybody's like, whatever your profession is for Christ. And I saw one the other day that really, really stretched the bounds of where that should go. And it was a tow truck that uh-huh. had somebody's beat to piss Kia on the back of it that said, towing in his name. There's only like a handful of things I I think you shouldn't be doing in his name. <laughs> That's one of them. You know? I'd say it's certainly one of them. Like repoing. It's like hilarious. <laughs> a guy that has like a $200,000 truck that he like just utilizes to go make people's lives miserable thinks he's doing the work of Christ. <laughs> you know? Did he so have shout out to Simpsonville Towing in Simpsonville, Kentucky, doing it in his name. <laughs> I want to have a tow truck towed. Yes. I wonder if yes. you could do that. You would need a slightly larger tow truck, I guess. I'm gonna go find I I'm gonna go find I'm gonna use the Trillbilly's credit card. I'm gonna go find a big tow truck and have this guy towed. Off his own property. <laughs> yeah. What are the physics of towing? Can can you only tow it? A vehicle, if you're slightly like, can it two tow trucks? One, like they're both the same size. Can it one of them tow the other? Does it work like that? I wonder. I guess it just depends on the towing capacity. Towing capacity. It all comes down to towing capacity. That's what I was really getting at here. I was. I love. I love the vehicles that have, like lists of trucks. Like it's like kind of an anonymous tag that just says the state and then their license number, and below it says however many pounds it can tow. <laughs> yeah. And I wonder if the guys that are like Indiana, 11,000 pounds, ever get jealous of the guys that's like Kentucky, 26,000 pounds. <laughs> just immediate like, rage. Huh, 11, huh? Interesting. <laughs> Specs. Man, okay, so the other table at Food City... So there was that table, and those guys were being extremely aggressive, like trying to <laughs> panhandling, <laughs> more or less. And then the other table was a table set up by Food City itself. They had a big sign in front of the table in these pamphlets, all printed in like neon colors, like meant to like look cool. Uh, you know, look flashy. And it, what it said on it was hiring vibes. <sighs> it did not. It said hiring vibes. Okay, okay. We're, I think this is, I mean, I hate to be the guy that makes these declarations or whatever, but I think this is the surest sign that vibes are over. I, dude, it is, it's like they're going to be putting you in prison, like prison vibes, my man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just just some like nice flamenco music popping through there as they fucking lock you away in a cage for ten to twenty. Yeah. Oh my yep. god. Root canal vibes, my man. Who root up high? <laughs> <laughs> man, that's what we got to do. Here's what. Here's if you take nothing else out of this episode. Here's what we got to do. Vibes are over, and we have to limit the number of things you can do in his name. Uh huh. And we also need to bring, we need to raise towing capacity to the highest. I want to know what the highest, like, what vehicle can tow the highest amount of tonnage? Like, we're going to have to, like, rent out a goddamn transformer to fucking tow this guy, but he's going to get towed. And I'm going to say, when he does it, I'm going to say, it came to me in a vision <laughs> that you needed to be towed. <laughs> The tower, the tower has become the toad. <laughs> There's just like a lot of really ignoble professions like that. One thousand. I mean, I agree. One thousand percent. You know, one of the first. Uh, you know, it's it's really like fur trapping. I'm not like when trad people say, like when you know traditionalists or whatever trad people they want to like harken back to an older time the thing is is like we've so destroyed the environment 
is like none of the previous like occupations and even probably social and gender roles are even possible anymore. <laughs> right, I was thinking about that. Like all nostalgia does like does not make sense because the conditions are just different. Uh-huh. All around. Like a you new know what I mean? Yeah, a new world like a changing sort of like biosphere and our relationship to the natural world and everything like it it is happening right before our very eyes due to capitalism it's pushing us forward into a new world uh but i don't know i guess i guess they want to graft older relations onto that new world it's it's i don't know it's just a it's just an exa- I wonder what I wonder what Marx or whoever if you, if you know you could we could raise him from the dead or whatever what would he think about the conditions of cap like all of this well in the context of a world that is nothing but pastiche now dude dude now that i'm yeah it's like now that i'm thinking about this it's very interesting to think about this like capitalism is inherently progressive but that doesn't ne- necessarily mean that the direction it's heading in is good but right. it does have like a kind of teleology to it right like there has to be an end at some point with capitalism. Like it is inherently, it propels uh, society, you know, relations, life itself forward in a direction. It's to just death. It, it's right. it's yeah. It's like uh, I'm sorry. I just ate. <laughs> Self conscious how I look on the camera for you. You got stuff in your teeth. Yeah, it's not hiring it, vibes, dude. It's not. It's on the pamphlet. They said if you have stuff in your teeth, that's not hiring that's, vibes. That's not hiring vibes. No. Go home, brush your teeth, and come back tomorrow. Yeah. When the vibes are right. When the vibes are right. Yeah. You pee. You peed your pants. That's not hiring vibes. <laughs> <laughs> your nipples are but, hard. Are your nipples hard, sir? That's not hiring vibes. No. Nah, well. <laughs> We could use you cutting meat back there with those things, so that's about it. You're only qualified for one position. Here. Oh man! You could they save on overhead? They don't have to buy knives or anything. They just hired <laughs> yeah. the guy with sharpest with, with the hard the teats. hardest nips. <laughs> but what do you do? What do you do? It's uh, it there is a progressive logic to it, of course, but like. How does that play it out in a world that just makes uh, Thor Part Seven <laughs> all the time? Well, that's you know what I mean. I, and not to bag on that. No, not no, to, no. I mean, I don't want to. That's just well trodden territory. The MCU sucks has become the uh, Bob Dylan sucks of like you know. It's just like a just edgy enough take, but it's like you know. Lame. I think that's. I think that's why everyone and everything is insane. It's because like we're all trying to piece back together. The detritus. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> in a world that is in that changes from one day to the next, next physically, you know what I'm saying? Like it's uh, like there's one less mountaintop today than there was yesterday due to coal mining or something. You know what I mean? It's like right. there is always something being metabolized towards an event horizon. Uh, in like some political groups shy away from that communists don't communists realize that that is that are the that's the stakes that's yeah. why you need a new mode of production but like everyone from liberals to white nationalists all they don't realize that inherent character of capital of capitalism yeah and the, so that's like, that's yeah that's like where the death drive almost yeah that's where the monsters and shit arrive i feel like arise well on the on the issue of <laughs> On the issue of capitalism as it inherently... I don't even know what the fuck I mean by that. It sounded smart, but like... Now that I think about it, I don't even know what the fuck I mean by it being an inherently progressive force. I do think it creates like a new world with every passing moment. Uh, It does obviously reify certain institutions and social relations... But at the same time, it is kind of always disrupting them as well. You know, I, right before we started recording, I was reading this article in the New Yorker. That yeah, you is, said you you said you had read the most insane <laughs> article you've ever read. 
which is saying something. Here. <laughs> I think I think what I said was the dumbest. It is definitely the dumbest. So running away the dumbest. Definitely the dumbest. It uh, well, it definitely highlights two of the dumbest fucking people I've ever read about. Oh my god, give it to me. It's in the New Yorker. The article is called "Is Selling Shares in Yourself the Way of the Future?" <laughs> two tech-minded brothers are testing the market on themselves. <laughs> I've, I'm trading on the fucking penny stocks at the first of Wolf of Wall Street. You know the little scam stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's that's where I'm opening my dude. Yes, you need to step your game up, brother. You are thinking in twenty. You're thinking in outdated. Models of investment, man. That is true. You you need to update. I'm a Nasdaq man, at least. Goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> Are there Dow men and Nasdaq men? Kind of like how there used to be like Ford guys and Chevy guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the Nasdaq guys are like a little hip, <laughs> and I like ah oh, Dow. Hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're just kind of like ind- independent. Uh huh. Um, yeah, I'm just like selling shares of myself now. Like, I don't really have a company. It's just kind of <laughs> what I do. So it it um it opens with a hypothetical. Here we go. Imagine you are growing up in Moscow, part of a family of eight living in a small apartment. The Berlin Wall fell not too long ago. Four times a year, you join your siblings in unpacking large boxes of buckwheat that your mother has kept stacked against the wall. You spread the kernels, pluck out the weevils, bake it all at a sterilizing temp, and pack it up again. You are preparing for the future. Around you, there's piracy and chaos, but you're enterprising and keep to your path. At university, you hardly sleep and you eat what you can afford. Why do you work yourself this way? It's not as if you're getting paid for it. Another version of yourself in another time, though, is now living in the California sun with some success, you reflect on your poor, wan, sleepless younger self and feel a wave of gratitude and then a prickly regret. The kid you were had different dreams. It strikes you as unfair that you sit pretty on the spoils of that person's efforts. If you could take some of your wealth and send it backward in time to your younger self, you would. We usually think of inequalities as, ex- as extending from top to bo- or bottom to top. I earn a little wealth over eight is hours. Is somebody trying to say we're exploiting ourselves? <laughs> like our future self is exploiting our past self? There, I think that it, that argument is inherent in perhaps what will be detailed here. Um, I earn a little wealth over eight hours. Uh, Bill Gates earns much more, but there are also inequalities that extend longitudinally from the past into the future. Your young self does labor for which your older self collects rewards. Such timing issues, how much money you receive or can spend now and later have effects on your financial fate. This is incredible. This is actually, this is actually insane. It kind of has like, it hints at that, at the existence of like a new value form, like an entirely new value form, like in the Marxist conception, right? Like the value form is imparted to the commodity. Like you labor using your tools and implements and the means of production provided to you by the capitalist. Your labor goes into that mixture with those things and out pops the commodity. The commodity is yeah. sold for money, etc. You get a again. little piece of it. Right, but like they're saying that like value is created from the time you start working. I guess it's kind of like, in some ways, it kind of sounds like a hokey version of a a pension plan or like a retirement plan or something like that. It's like they like you like you're creating the value over the duration of your career. Uh huh. And like you should be able to borrow on your future earning potential or invest. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's exactly okay. right. I could see that working if you were, I don't know, say LeBron James. Uh huh. <laughs> if you're Tom Sexton, I see that going differently because I think it's a very much an open question what happens to you. <laughs> you're saying you would not invest in 20 year old Tom Sexton? You would not invest in that future being a lucrative one? <laughs> Man, I have been floating. I don't even really know how I've gotten here. I really have done better than I ever should have done. But anyway. <laughs> same. Same. This is the best I ever th- imagined. 
for me. I get down on myself about this show from time to time, just like, oh, you me know, too, oh, you're stupid. You're the way you do, do, do. You know what I mean? But it, it means something to some people, you know what I mean? And I, I'm proud of that in a way, you know? And I'm. That's why I said you stuff. I was like, damn, man. I never even thought this would be anything. And, and people find something in it that they like, so. Yeah, people... I'll quit, being, I'll quit being mushy, but I appreciate you all. <laughs> <laughs> Go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O. But basically, no one was no one was buying shares of T-Sex LLC in the year 2006, is what you're saying. Uh, let me paint you a picture of what I was doing. I was working the night shift at the Days Inn. <laughs> uh, and uh, mostly, what was that? Yeah. I worked the night shift at the Days Inn and watched reruns of Wings on YouTube. So, no, I, that guy didn't really have a high ceiling. <laughs> um, let's see. There are also inequalities that extend longitudinally from the past into the future. Your young self does, does labor for which your older self collects rewards. Such timing issues, how much money you receive or how can spend now and later, have effects on your financial fate. In a more equal world, you cannot help but think people would draw on their lifetime wealth throughout their lives, not merely at the pinnacle of their careers. You notice that older generations and big corporations rule the roost in the U.S., but it's not clear why this should be so. At your day job... I, t- I will say this. I will interject here and say this. It's an absolute... Like, even if you're the most rabid capitalist in the world, right? Not saying, like, a rich capitalist. I just mean, like, you, like, think America's got it figured out. Uh-huh. It is on its face batshit insane that we would mortgage the best years of our life to enjoy a little more at an age when we can't really even enjoy it. Yeah. Meanwhile, our overlords are enjoying it every step of the way mm-hmm. <laughs> from womb to tomb. You're absolutely right. It is funny, though, that like what they're getting at here is I think that they've innovated the retirement plan. Like, yeah. Because we're not going to have pensions in... like. Probably 20, 30 years. I don't know. I'm sure we would. Th- those are still pretty lucrative financial vehicles, right? Like well, and, 401ks. But, but the, the reason I think that they've been trying to stamp those out over the intervening decades since like we established a monopoly of manufacturing after the Second World War, like they just never banked on people living this long. <laughs> I think, yeah, you're right. You're right. Like, you know, you know, you got a pension, you worked in the factory and you got a pension. They thought, Oh, this motherfucker's going to be dead in five years. So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But now people are living 20, 30 years past <laughs> that. In some cases, unfortunately, we <laughs> need some of these motherfuckers to die out. Unforeseen but, consequences. Yeah. That's right. the thing about investment and risk. Yeah. Uh, Ah, man, uh, yeah. Um, at your day job, which deals in shareholder capital, you impress your graying superiors while at night you talk with young friends who, beset by debt and meager wages, feel they're barely eking out a life. You dream of what would happen if the money from your day job could cross over to your friends at night. Imagine that this idea becomes a fixation, so much so that you decide you'd risk a piece of your own future on a solution. And now imagine that instead of being one person, you're two. Okay, and that's where it introduces the two brothers at the heart of this. Let me just say, like, I guess these guys, like most people in this world, like the kind of uh, NGO, nonprofit, like uh, uh, TED Talk adjacent world of Silicon Valley, their, their hearts probably are in the right place. Like, at least in the sense that, like, abstractly, they know that suffering is probably bad and wrong in the world. Yeah, I don't I don't presume just because somebody doesn't share revolutionary politics that they're a bad person or have, like, a fucked up moral compass. I just think it's they're deluded, you know what I mean? Yeah, completely deluded. I mean, honestly, for me, it's even more fundamental, to, fundamental than that. I find it to be incredible content. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's hilarious. This reminds me, I mean, this, before we got on this call, I was talking to a buddy of mine, and we were talking about this guy in college that we didn't like. <laughs> uh, and uh, he, like, posts these, like, rise and grind type shit on Facebook all the time, but it, I would call them memes, but really it's just, like, pictures of him giving presentations. Yeah. And it, it, he has it captioned with, but not captioned, like, under the picture, like he is 
written on the picture, you know, or like, you know, kind of like from Instagram or whatever, when you like put your stories up with yeah. like words and stuff on it. I'm a Porsche with no brakes. <laughs> it was his latest hit. And I'm just like, man, that is such a hollow way of, I don't know. Like, I, I just don't think, I just don't think you should be passionate if you're drawing a wage, <laughs> even if that wage is pretty decent. Yeah, I agree. So even if you somewhat like what you do or you even like what you do, it's like. Yeah, I saw like a Bloomberg poll that was like 63% of work from home workers say they miss the office because they miss their work family. It's like, get the fuck out of here. Who oh, it was 25%. It was 25%, which is f- hilarious because it's like, so you're saying three quarters of people hate that Right, shit. hate the work family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That you're- seems a bit more... I think somebody pointed that out on Twitter, too. It seems a bit more the pertinent part of that statement. Right, right. You're right. Thank you for the correction there. Um, but, yeah. So, let me let me outline for you their plan their plan in buying shares in a life because they they come to they come to this idea by a complex series of like arguments and observations about the way that the world is entirely abstract by the way i mean like it tries the article tries to make it seem like these kids grew up in an extremely poor environment and they they probably did in the nineties after the fall of the Soviet union and everything was going fucking insane. But their dad was like an eminent scientist in the Soviet union. Yeah. And, uh, and so I think that they were like pretty, what I'm getting at is like these guys have developed they had some this. standing. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, so I'm going to just read you. Yeah. Like the series of, ideas that got them to this point redistribution the idea that grossly imbalanced wealth should be spread to help the needy become less so has traditionally been the province of this political center and the left which believe in taxes and a safety net administered through the state the liebermans that's the two brothers in this article who are annoying as fuck by the way who are like constantly finishing each other's sentences they read together they sleep together they can't date because like they have to go everywhere together and they like are they like the atl twins that like have sex with all the same chicks or like the island boys who uh, rumor is they fuck each other I, I would say probably more the island i, I got more island boys vibes. you got more island boys vibes from okay i see yeah. Something I don't, was, that's not substantiated. It's just one not, of those internet rumors. It, right, okay. right. It's just a feeling I have. Uh, but the vibes are definitely off, regardless. Nah. The hiring vibes are off here. Right. Yeah, <laughs> these guys these guys are not hiring. I don't, got, I don't get good hiring vibes. <laughs> <laughs> the Lieberman say that their market-based approach can potentially have more wealth the big money has been known to resist taxes, but is all in for investment and weave its own networks of support. In one conceivable scenario, an expiring folk singer of 22 decade, or I'm sorry, of 22 decides, like the Liebermans, to offer shares in her life. The shares are cheap. The monetary value of her future is uncertain. Yet they attract <laughs> some investors because maybe she's the next Taylor Swift. She's high risk, high reward. Thanks to the investments, she can now afford a new headshot in the time of a well-connected producer. She has a bit of cash left over, so she buys a share, also cheap in the future of her best folks. Ah, I see what they're going for here. It's like they invest in there, and and then these people get an infusion of cash, so they can it actually bolsters their future earning potential because somebody's invested in. Well, even more so than that, I think what they're trying to do is make it social. So what they're trying to say is that, like, you or I, using our phones probably in an app, can invest in the career of a, a artist. And so, like, in this scenario, she also buys a share that are also cheap in the future of her best folk singing friend. So, like, they're encouraging you to buy the shares of each other. <laughs> I see. To turn your relationship with someone into something, yes, not only entirely transactional, but is a literal financial investment. It's not like an emotional one or 
anything like that. It's right, literally right. just financial. Um, so year- it's not even like it's not even like uh, the thing they were doing in China that got everybody's goat, where you got like you get like social credits or whatever it was. Do you remember that when that was happening? I don't remember that. It kind of sounds like it might be similar. I think it was something like you get. I don't, I forget what it is, but like you get like some sort of like remuneration for like or I forget what it was. And you never again. I hate talking about China because you have no idea what is just like <laughs> bullshit that we've put out here about them or what's real. You know, right? Like that could have just been a propaganda campaign, like. Like that was like the a two thousand nine hit from the uh, the CIA. That was like one of their earlier campaigns to discredit China. They were like, "Look, they got a a credit, a social credit system." Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they do have something like that. Apparently, it's a cr- national credit rating and blacklist being developed by the government of China. The program initiated regional trials in two thousand nine. System was intended to standardize the credit rating function and perform financial and social assessment for businesses, government institutions, individuals, and non-government organizations. Interesting. It's crazy. I, I guess I hadn't really thought about that before. Like in you know in the United States, like you have a credit score. Do they have that in China too? Like maybe that's. Uh, yeah. Maybe I don't know. I don't uh, really know how how China works. <laughs> I I would I wish ima- I did. I'm fascinated in it. Same. I would imagine in the life shares program, it's, it probably operates like Tinder. Maybe you can swipe on artists and people. I mean, obviously, like a, a, a perfect example of this was probably Oscar Wilde. Like Oscar Wilde, wasn't he like a celebrity before he ever wrote a book because he just like went around and told people he was a writer? <laughs> he went, right, oh. right, right. Yeah, he did all these like, yeah, like these salons and stuff and traveled all over the world and people, yeah, before he even put anything out. That's actually a smart way to go about it. Yet another thing you could never do today. Uh-huh. I guess you could to some degree. I guess Instagram influencers would be True. somewhat analogous to that. True. But... Some of these Silicon Valley guys are like that. But you can't, but like everybody is like look upable now. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like you can't just like say, oh, do what I've done for years and go somewhere else and say, yeah, I'm the uh, uh, third string quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. And uh-huh. that's pretty debunkable really quick. And in, in Wild's <laughs> day, he could be whatever the hell he wanted because it would take eight months to debunk it, you know? Yeah. I mean, he told people that too, though. That he was a third string quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, okay. that's that's where that originated. That's where that originated. Yeah, first Irishman in the NFL. <laughs> Maybe the only to this day. <laughs> okay, so anyways, back to our twenty-two-year-old folk singing friend. Uh, Ten years pass, and her work pays the rent. She sells a few more shares at a higher valuation. Her future value is now a vector based on measurable success. A decade later, she releases her fifth album, full of candid songs about middle age. The album speaks to a generation and goes platinum. The price of a share in her future has now gone through the roof. Or maybe it's her friend who made it big. Our folk singer is envious all the way to the bank. She sells the share in her friend she bought long ago at a profit of a few hundred thousand dollars and makes a down payment on her first home. Now it's her friend's success that keeps her, that's keeping her creative life afloat. Or... The likeliest of all, nothing happens, and so she finds a job in another line. Investors, as they would do with the stock of any pivoting company, might decide to hold, hold or to sell at a loss. She owes them nothing, though she got some extra funding on the way. Um, the Lieberman's theory. So, I don't know. Did you get all that? Did, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm with. The Lieberman's theory is that in terms of stuff that America's big wealth can invest in, people are more appealing than the current catalog of middling venture capital funds, shipping firms, and companies selling toothbrushes by mail. Instead of putting money into a fund for startups, investors would be free to find an ingenious entrepreneur and invest in her entire career. Rather than buying shares of Spotify, a fund could buy into a portfolio of the futures of emerging hip-hop artists, all of whom would get that cash. Most of us are more excited about our brilliant friends than about the companies they work for. And while the average age of an S&P 500 company is approximately 20 years, most die young, people do better. The stronger their boost off the blocks, the strong, the longer they can keep trying and increasing their odds of success. Okay, like, okay, on purely, like, strictly capitalist terms, 
does this make any sense? Like, if investment isn't chasing, you know, startup funds and is instead chasing after literal single entrepreneurs, wouldn't you just get more like Elizabeth Holmes and like Doquan, the guy that did uh, Terra and Luna? Scammers. Scam- yeah, wouldn't you get more scammers and shit? Yeah. And also people like... People, could you make okay? You remember, like, back I guess I was back in the winter when everybody was doing that AMC short squeeze stuff like that. Yeah, can you imagine just like pissing off some dude and him just totally cratering your life by like some sort of like Reddit short squeeze type scenario <laughs> on your life shares? Yeah, but it's on your life <laughs> shares, yeah, just because you just yeah, did like you pulled out in front of him one day or something, you know what I mean. Dude, you're right. People are motivated. That's the other thing. I mean, one thing that Mark, I mean, the the meme is Mark's failed to consider, but I think Mark's considered pretty, pretty well the nature of people in society and the roles they play in society. Yeah, the capitalists don't really, for as much as they love about they love data and mining our data, and, and in cases like we know with like Facebook stuff, stealing our data out from under us before we even knew it was valuable. Like, they still don't know a whole lot about the human yeah. condition and what makes people tick. It's what's interesting. Dude, you're you're absolutely right. You're totally right. Well, it imposes on... That dynamic and process imposes on people a set of, like, rules, imperatives, obligations, um, norms that yeah. you have to adhere to. And if you don't, then you're fucking... You're, do- you're dead. Well, I think what Marx considered is is how people plug into the broader society. What the capitalists consider is like, what do these people buy to make it through this mm-hmm. like health that we're putting them through? Right. It's it's apples and oranges. You know what I mean? Right. You're right. Um. So this is the part where we kind of get into that new, that kind of, like. Silicon Valley TED Talk NGO nonprofit adjacent aspect of all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So some new egalitarians speak of quote basic capital models as opposed to basic income. The idea being that it's more equalizing to grant people an early chunk of capital that they can grow than a steady drip. Okay, that's that's fine. Like I I guess if we're gonna have to live in this world. And, and, and if you don't see it ever changing and like you're so commi- pot committed to capitalism, you don't can't see any future that's not every interaction is not commodified and et cetera, then I guess I could agree with you there. But like just on its own terms, there's no fucking way that would work. There's no like just by the nature of capitalism, there have to be people at the top who have capital and there have to be those of us who sell our labor. Like that's, yeah, you could you could not have a situation where I go get a job at wherever Lowe's, okay, and then I sign my contract, I get my job, I pass my drug screen, anything, any other hurdles they make you jump through, and then they say, "Well, you're going to make uh, thirty five thousand dollars a year. Here's thirty five thousand." Uh huh. And then you know what I mean? Like, no, they the 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 drip. Is does two things. One, it's how they keep you needing them and dependent mm-hmm. on them as the drip, right? The other thing it keeps you coming back. But like, it's I've learned a lot about the time value of money, like how like having ten thousand dollars today is actually a lot better than having ten thousand dollars in two months. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. today you can you could invest that you could do right. whatever like what you have the cash on hand to do what you need to do to make it grow or whatever and that's one thing denied people and i'm not like making the advocating for like the stock market or investing or anything like that when i say that but that is one thing denied to working people is like the opportunity to have an amount of cash up front that they could do whatever with to you know try to make it work for them you know yeah. what i mean that's that's a way to yeah, well, I mean, what would happen if they if the government implemented a program like that, a, a universal basic capital? <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> like seed money for being born. <laughs> <laughs> every every baby every every <laughs> every baby son and every baby daughter gets fifty thousand dollars in cold hard cash the day that they're born. Right, like not only is it ideologically impossible. 
And and obviously the product of complete isolation and alienation. Like only only two people who only hang out with each other and do all the same things as each other, jack each other off, uh, fucking read each other the same coloring books. I'm and stuff. still imagining the ATL twins here. <laughs> <laughs> only that. Only people. Two people in that situation could come up with something like this. Yeah. It's it's just so. Not only is it ideologically impossible, but I feel like mechanically, it's impossible. Like there's no, there's no possible way that you wouldn't create what would it be like insane inflation or something like that like there would be some side effect of giving every single person basic ca- i i support it i saw somebody sound off in the comments on the yeah. patreon from from last week and they were talking about like what the $1500 stuff did to inflation and all that stuff whatever trump was giving us and all that kind of stuff like let's say that person's correct and he just said, every child born, you get fifty thousand dollars right up front. Yeah, like the, the, it'd be tight well, as hell, I'm but, I su- but the whole world would change yeah. around it to 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 account. I would support. I'm su- I support it. I guess, of course. Like it's it's just yeah. so fucking foreign to the way things work and are that it's a it's a it's a a complete impossibility. If yeah. every single person well, has let, capital, then you no longer have capitalism, I guess. <laughs> like, let me... Yeah. Yeah, yeah I For guess, that to yeah. work... For, yeah, for yeah you, to, have to have, you have to have losers in order for capitalism to work. You have to I don't have mean people, losers as in, like, you're a loser. I mean, you have to have people born to a different station that they have to, like, then sell their time to somebody in order for the Sell their time and labor. Exactly. Exactly right. right. You just don't have capitalism anymore if everybody has capital. Paradoxically, is that, is that the thing? Like they've become so divorced from the commodity form as a physical object that is created and made in a factory, like as all we all have, obviously. But like, yeah. have we become so divorced from that that like they're trying to recreate value forms? They're trying to recreate the very I don't know. Like these people, they're rich, so they. Obviously, people are giving them money. This is an idea that someone is buying into somewhere and is putting money towards. But uh, let me just, ask you. Let me ask you a, a different, but kind of tangentially related question. What is your conception of? You, so you heard this thing where Biden is kind of dangling student loan forgiveness. He's like thinking about it. Probably he needs a play for the midterms, and that would be certainly a play you know what i mean what would you say to the person who says well if i'd known that i wouldn't have incurred any debt or like real debt i would have like planned my life and went to school and done all these things like ergo it's not fair for da 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 fair for other people to have to pay for it well that but also it's not fair that if i didn't go to college then i don't really get anything out of this deal Right. Where do you land on that? Do you think it's a bourgeois giveaway? Do you think no. it's like... <laughs> no, I think Like that, the Republicans are arguing that. I know, that is really a ridiculous argument. But, I, I, I mean, I think that a lot of people go to college and a lot of people were sold on the idea that it was A, a good, an, a good investment... And B, that because it was a good investment, it was feasible. Like, you know, as opposed to. I've also seen like a lot of guys that like have dunked on college, people that went to college for a while, that like went to college and are struggling, you know, like debt and all that stuff. Oh, it's your dumbass fault for taking it out. And those same people are now like crying that it's not fair. Right, right. I mean, it's, it's, it's just an issue. Like, a lot of us were sold on the idea that it was, yeah, it was a good investment, and we took money out on that premise. And Foolish. I think people should be, yeah. I think people should be remunerated or whatever for yeah. that. Yeah. The fact that it was not a good investment, <laughs> and furthermore, that education, not even, not a, just even more fundamentally, education should be free. Should be free. Yeah. It's not. It, it should not kind. be something you have to pay for. Yeah, like you, you never should have had to pay for it. All this is window dressing. Like if you went to college, it should have been free any fucking lot. Right. Well, yeah, that's what it. They if they want to, if they really want to fix that, then 
wipe out all debt and make it to where if anybody wants to go back to school who didn't go, then it's then it's free. They don't have to That's pay right. anything. There you go. There you go. You so, you fucking solved the. Here's an here is another thing I think is fucking hilarious. Is like the idea that like some student loans, like okay, so taking out all these like risky loans that like are fresh out of high school, oftentimes, but not always, and it, it really this really doesn't matter overall. But like, <laughs> it's funny. Like the Biden administration early on was like saying, "Oh, this was a predatory practice," so. We're going to forgive $10,000 of student loan debt, but not all of it. Uh-huh. It's like, well, if like your whole thing is premised on that it's predatory. predatory why not erase all why, of it? Shouldn't it all be gone? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> You're right. You know. Oh, my God. It's kind of like how they gave us... I, I'm, I'm fascinated with liberals' ability to do that. It's like they recently made a change to the electoral law. To like make it harder for like someone like Trump to steal an election in the future, and it's like okay, if you can make a change, why can't you fucking change the whole electoral college? Like, I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, you yeah. lost multiple elections on this thing, yeah, and you admit that it can be changed because you're tinkering with it right now, right? Like, just go all in, man. Like, like restructure society. Because they're going to say bad things about you anyway. But really, I mean, that all boils back down to, like, they have the same class interests as their opponents. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really matter, ultimately. Ultimately, They can just take a flyer on elections. If they lose, it doesn't affect them that much. Um, Okay, basic capital model. All right. The idea being that it's more equalizing to grant people an early chunk of capital that they can grow than a steady drip. But the idea is old. In 1750, Dr. Johnson described a supposed tavern friend of his who observed that, quote, it was not worse to have 10,000 pounds at the age of two and 20 years than a much larger fortune at 30. For many opportunities, he says he occur of improving money, which if a man misses, he may not afterwards recover. That's basically what you were saying earlier. Um, People generally give up their dreams not because they're sure they'll never realize them, but because money pressures close in. That those pressures are uneven. A scion with a trust fund gets more tries at making it in a risky but rewarding venture than an orphan with monthly rent to cover is one way inequalities compound. Um, Juliana Uhuru Badenenor, a professor of philosophy and political science at Stanford and the faculty director of the university's basic income lab. That's really funny that they have to have a lab they like a test on they test on like poor college students like like rats like now we're gonna inject 50 cc's of uh ten dollars yeah <laughs> they're gonna take it to chipotle <laughs> <laughs> the basic income lab <laughs> told me that she finds the lieberman's model interesting in its premise quote especially if you live in a society that's very unequal in terms of wealth like the u.s where a lot of life plans aren't possible if you don't actually have cash early on In her recent book, Justice Across Ages, Treating Young and Old as Equals, she assesses differences between the generations both in the long arc, between the lifetime experiences of young and old, and in the moment, how the young and old relate. But although Badenenor thinks the Lieberman's model is attentive to the first kind of age-based inequality, she told me she doubts its effects on the second, especially when everyone is jockeying for an investment. If the young have to present themselves in a particular way to get to older generations so that they will find their life trajectory appealing, I could totally see how there could be a social hierarchy you typically just have between benefactors and those who receive those funds. The Lieberman's idea echoes one examined by Milton Friedman in 1962 and has many other siblings. Uh, Income sharing agreements in which organizations fund aspiring young people in exchange for a portion of their lifetime income are gaining popularity even in professional sports and at the height of the crowdfunding craze a scheme known as human capital contracts lets investors give money to promising youths usually through middlemen companies such as upstart in exchange for a percentage of their future incomes the traditional knock against such schemes has been that they're exploitative or worse a form of indentured servitude with the authors of all these contract shares being powerful and rich the lieberman's own life shares deal a prototype 
or uh, a prototype for their model anyways, does not involve income sharing. Direct liquidity happens when the Liebermans cash out, say, to buy a house. At that point, there's a proportional distribution, meaning that if I own 2% of the Liebermans, I get 2% of the cash. This works a bit like a dividend and is a reason you might still want to hold stock when the Liebermans are old and less productive. When they die, everything is distributed unless the shareholders vote to keep their life operation going. <laughs> Otherwise, shareholders have no vote in anything the Liebermans do. Um, yeah, so that's when you're investing in a whole career, ensuring health, happiness and stamina is good business. Practice seldom matches theory. One economist told me he doubts that normal people, even with technical protections, could be free of shareholder influence. It's like you were saying earlier. Like, someone would fucking corporate, do a corporate raid on your person. You'd have, like, Gordon <laughs> yeah. Geckos out there just fucking... <laughs> we're going to end this motherfucker. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, what an assassination tank your stock. <laughs> um... When a founder takes VC money for their company, they suddenly have pressure to make the company and the financial return for the investors as big as possible, says Ariel Zuckerberg, general partner at Long Journey Ventures and sister of Facebook co-founder. Um, some individuals, I think, continue trying to make a company something that it shouldn't be. She committed to buying shares of the Lieberman's future at her previous firm because she thought it would help them break from this pattern. Yet for Zuckerberg, it is the brothers' willingness to cast themselves endlessly back on the grindstone that makes them worth investing in. What the fuck? Just the fact that they like keep making up stupid ideas means that they're worth investing in. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling fuck? you, all you all you have to do, man, is just be a disruptor and adopt one of the stupidest fucking most infantile mindsets imaginable and then people want to throw money at you it's the damnedest thing it it, it truly is um well let me read this example to you real quick at a vegan sushi restaurant in san francisco the brothers met with marina mogilko an upbeat russian expat youtuber in whose life they themselves have bought shares at 21, she has had co-founded a kind of Expedia for language immersion packages. Now, as a 32-year-old influencer, she taught foreigners how to speak and act like Americans. She has more than 6 million subscribers, and the Liebermans bought part of her future at a total valuation of around $34 million. Holy shit. At first, <clears throat> she didn't know what she would do with the money. But in time, she hired producers, a Parisian stylist, and a PR manager. And this staffing brought her success. <laughs> per, a Parisian stylist. <laughs> Would you buy a Parisian stylist if someone gave you a $34 million investment? I think I could do a little better than that. But Oh, but really? I, wow. You would. Yeah. What kind of stylist would you invest? Like a I mean, I might, I might be Parisian. It wouldn't be like a... Connecticut. No, I would do that. I would not let anybody dress me. <laughs> that would be a good job for me. I would be um, the Parisian stylist in yeah, this calculus. I, yeah, like like I'm the captain now, but it's I'm the Parisian stylist now. <laughs> I'm the stylist now. <laughs> I'm the Parisian stylist now. <laughs> um, Mogilko was about to fly to New York to be photographed in a yellow bodysuit for the cover of Bulgarian Glamour. I feel as if I'm playing a game and keep rising wait, to another wait, wait. level. Like Glamour magazine, but Bulgarian. the Bulgarian version? I guess so. It's it's in Italian. Or like the magazine's called Bulgarian Glamour. <laughs> Shout out to my buddy Jeff Cole. <laughs> there, mate, the editor. <laughs> of Jeff Cole, editor of Bulgarian Glamour. Yeah. Oh, me and man. Terrence have a, a buddy named Zivko, Elaith. <laughs> and he would do the radio show. People would call in. They think his name was Jeff, Jeff Cole. Cole. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. It's Jeff Cole. <laughs> Jeff Cole there. A principal known as the Modigli- Modigliani-Miller theorem. You you can't trust a theorem that has an Italian. What is Miller? That's a that's a wasp name, right? Or is it could be 
Could... The, the Medigliani-Miller theorem says that in a perfect market, a company's value will be the same whether it finances its growth only by sh selling shares or by taking on debt. <clears throat> by this logic, Mogilko, the, the YouTuber, would have got the same boost through a loan. Practically, in fact, she might come out ahead. Most debt financing costs less than venture capital. The Lieberman say that the difference is psychological and in where the money is coming from. But their model isn't so much digging young people out of their predicament as they're replacing one kind of weight with another. The vulnerable are still vulnerable, and it remains a long way from the bottom to the top. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, and, and he goes on to point out, like, for regular-ass people, this uh, would never work. Um, for regular-ass working people. Uh, mostly because, like... I mean, what, what also, what about people that are well past their earning potential? <laughs> <laughs> what well, if I'm right. coming in the game at 67? Like, how's this work for me? How's this work for me? Right. You, I, you could invest in someone having a baller ass funeral. It's my, it's going to be my investment in you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, we're going top of the line here. Okay. Par party of the century. One last job. <laughs> I I yeah I don't know man it's uh it it's like not all of us were born to be superstars singers um you know any all of us are I don't know we're all born with a set of like skills and interests and most of us the vast majority of us have to work to survive now if early on in life someone told you like you don't have to you get a here's your capital stock and you get to grow that make the really life course. of your dreams make the life of your dreams but then you're not describing <laughs> capitalism you're describing a kind of world that has some capitalist principles in it yeah but you're describing a whole other world where the things that make this one operate don't work and don't move things. When I was a, a young man, they were doing testing for uh, the GT cl class, Gifted and Talented. Uh -huh. And it was also like career, like your aptitude and all this stuff. And I can remember being in there and everybody was like, oh, I took the test. I got doctor. I got lawyer. I got this. I got that. And mine uh -huh. came up and it recommended that I shoot to be a disc jockey. You're not far off. Well, here's the thing is I did I did that. Yeah. I mean, there's probably a lot of those kids in that class. In fact, I know there's that never fulfilled their promise. But one thing you can't say about me is I've I fulfilled my potential. <laughs> Thanks to listeners like you. Like that's, you, folks. That, that's where you come in. This has all been one hour-long commercial for investing in the seed capital. <laughs> yeah, investing in our potential going forward. <laughs> Oh man. oh man. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh uh it was it made my brain hurt. It's one of those that's like a brain freeze. Um pain. Like you guys can't be this fucking stupid. But is but, Ted, is is Ted culture still popping? I'd say so. I'd say so. I just I just feel like all that shit's been become passe in the last since Bernie, Trump, Hillary, Bernie, Trump, Biden, all this sort of, like, just the shifting political landscape. I feel like at this point, like, a guy like Malcolm Gladwell probably does not have as much purchase now as he did, like, 10 years ago. Yeah. Well, he's, I think he's all about cancel culture now, so. Was he a cancel culture guy now? I think so. His last book was about these bombers in, like, World War Two or something. They got canceled? Uh, maybe. Uh, but now it's not enough. I was talking to uh, my buddy Mira Politi over in London by way of Italy, and now it's you don't just get canceled. You get denounced, canceled, blocked, and rebuked. Oh, wow. That's uh, the order. DCBR. DCBR. I got yeah. DCBR this weekend, bro. 
Well, she says if things are escal- escalating, that the order is blocked, canceled, rebuked, and denounced because you <laughs> you, you don't come back from uh, denouncing. Denouncing is the harshest kind. I mean, the only thing after that is exile. The, yeah. It's the only thing after being denounced. And exiled is a verb, so like you actually have to... Somebody has to tie you to a horse and slap it on its ass. The rest of it just can be done with a simple some words. Uh-huh. But an but to be exiled actually requires somebody removing your physical person from their mm. geographic space. Well, I guess there is a step between that. There's what was it? Blocked um blocked, canceled, rebuked, denounced, denounced. And then the, here, the example she gives for why denounced should be the 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 penultimate step is you can unrebuke Jerry but you can't undenounce him. That's true. That is true. So, but I would say censor has to be in there somewhere. That's like that that happens before they exile you. That might be the first step, censor. That might be the first step. Yeah, you're right. Censored, blocked. If you yeah. just get censored then like like if you got, if you're dealing with cancel culture guys, you can't censor them because that's just going to inflame them. Mm. You have to go through the steps. You have to censor them, <laughs> block, cancel, rebuke, denounce, and then denounce. later exile. Exile. Them. <laughs> of course, of course. <clears throat> yeah. Well, anyway, that's that's this. Those are the steps. There's you can cancellation. It doesn't end at cancellation, folks. It rarely does. No, there's really worse that can happen to you. You could be denounced. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Rebuked even. <laughs> Rebuked even. Who wants that? Not I, said the cat. Anyway, yeah, gosh, if you get denounced, man, that's that is seriously going to stunt your earning potential. It's uh, yeah, you're fucked. Yeah, <laughs> but people could buy shares in. Your new career as someone that's denounced. So it's very true. You know, it's one one man's denouncement is another man's game. <laughs> you're learning, man. In See? this economy, <laughs> you're no longer a Nasdaq man. You're you're moving up. I'm a Dow guy. The Liebermans have made me a Dow guy. They've made you a Dow guy. I come out of this episode changed. I have to say, you know, good. say what you want about the Liebermans, they have changed me. They've changed you good. That was what I was hoping for I, you know and that's rare you know, you rarely change anybody in this world most people don't change most don't people change don't change. don't change that much yeah so you know that's show this <laughs> another thing maybe the liebermans didn't consider is that most people are just eternal 14 year olds with just a couple of like <laughs> more mature presentations depending upon the situation but uh-huh yeah. You think people are becoming less dynamic over time? Are there less Don Drapers of the world? People who, like, remake themselves as entirely new people? <laughs> That's interesting. Wow, yeah, if you get denounced, you just pop up as somebody else. That would be a funny... With the new that job. Would, yeah, that would be a funny idea. Like, instead of stealing a man's identity in the Korean War, Don Draper got denounced and <laughs> stole... Stole another denounced man's identity. No, he got. Re- I'd say he got rebuked, but he stole a denounced man's identity. No, he had to steal a canceled man's identity. Okay. Rebuction yeah. and denouncement are worse than cancellation. Okay. All right. I think. Let me go back to the tape. It goes blocked, canceled, rebuked, denounced. When who 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 came up with this? Just so we're giving. That's my buddy Mira over in London. Shout out that by you, way by way of the boot you have the old country you've stumbled upon something here this this is I I think this is fundamentally correct what is the noun for being rebuked like is it rebuction I don't I don't know <laughs> what is, I've always said rebuction what is it well, yeah what is it called to be in a state of being rebuked like you walk around in a state of being rebuked maybe a state of rebuke. Yeah, maybe it's like one of those that doesn't change. Maybe that's fucked up. <laughs> you can unrebuke Jerry, but you can't undenounce him. <laughs> just like people, just like people, some words don't change. All right. <laughs> All right. Oh.
Oh my fucking god, dude. Well, there are so many other implications in that. Like, wouldn't to make a proper investment, wouldn't you have to like take into consideration a person's like lability and their volatility, <laughs> their, 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 their libidinal, libidinal state, <laughs> <laughs> their sexual, so. their sexual drive. Does having kids stunt your earning potential, or is it a boon for it? Yeah, there's so many things. They this would have to like, take all those things into account. Your sperm count? They'd have to count your sperm every year. Like they sit down and say, "It's time." We gotta. I'm not saying the Liebermans aren't innovators. I'm just saying they they have not considered everything yet. <laughs> <laughs> there is much much work to be done on this. You're right. Well, good thing there's like things called basic income lab. This is where they work on stuff like that at the basic income lab. <laughs> we got our own lab at at the office here. <laughs> we don't do basic income though. <laughs> oh, we do hiring vibes. We have the hiring vibes lab here at Trinity We should Center. hire somebody <laughs> and just yeah, it's yeah. You have to pass the hiring vibes lab. You have to go through it and come out the other end hireable. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Fuck. All right, that about covers it. Um. If you want extra content, please go to Patreon. Uh, we used the metaphor earlier of an investment, but don't look at that. Don't look at it that way. You get something out of this immediately. The, the immediate thing is content. Um, and content depreciates, much like money. So it's only good now. It's not going to be worth anything to you in two years. So go get your content right now <laughs> go get your content while it's worth something <laughs> uh, well we've got a lot of episodes over there so if you've you know work get over there if you're new work the back catalog let us know how it shakes out for you mm-hmm. and uh don't uh block cancel rebuke or denounce us by uh you know <clears throat> unsubscribing <laughs> mm-hmm. please don't do that um all right. Well, we'll talk to you next time. See you over at the Patreon. Have a good week, everybody. Bye-bye.